pick up in Philippians, and I'm going to, I just feel like, I thought I was going to do something else, but just during worship, I'm going to just kind of follow what I feel nudged to do. So we're going to jump over to chapter three as we're flipping through Philippians. So I'm just going to, and what we've just been doing for those that have been listening in, we're just going to read through the chapter, and I'm just going to stop, make some comments, if you will, or unpack some stuff. And the same thing, if y'all have something you want to share on that verse, please jump in and share it. If you have a question about the verse or about what's being said, just say, hey, what about that? What is that? All that kind of stuff. Does that make sense? So, awesome. So here, Paul, again, so just for those of minute, so Philippians, we've been saying uh, Philippians is a unique book for Paul because the Philippian church was Paul's closest church, right? They were the church that were the tightest to him, that knew him the best, that loved him the best. But Paul wrote this letter from Roman prison, from his first imprisonment. So Paul's place of writing, and as I did some more study, and I thought he also wrote Colossians from the same imprisonment, right? But it's a different tenor in the book. You don't get the same, if you will, intimacy between, between Paul and the Colossians as you do between Paul and the Philippians, right? So it's like he's really bearing more of what's going on. But it's also the book that speaks the most about rejoicing and being joyful, Right? And and those kind of things. And it's really, it's Paul, I, to my imagination, it's Paul being transparent in a hard time. Mm-hmm. It's Paul being transparent in a hard moment with people that would get him. That people that would understand and people that wouldn't uh, judge him. Right? Yeah. Or people that wouldn't, he didn't have to be pretentious with. He didn't have to put on airs. Mm-hmm. Right? So we're going to pick up, and there's a part... And if we get to before that, I want to jump to one part for sure. But Paul starts chapter 3 in verse 1. He says, so finally, brothers, rejoice in the Lord. And I want to say, there it is. So he, throughout this whole book, that is Paul's theme, right? Paul's theme is rejoice, mm-hmm. right? And guys, listen, rejoice when we feel, like what I always people say, so the two times to praise the Lord. When you feel like it and when, when you, don't. you don't. There's only two times to praise the Lord. When you feel like it and when you don't feel like it. There's only two times to rejoice. When we feel like it and when we don't feel like it. And most likely, I think Paul really was at a place where he probably didn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Right? For sure. It, it was Sit probably not necessarily because he's in prison. He's kind of really bearing his soul, so to speak, with these friends of his. And he says, but finally, brothers, rejoice. Right? Rejoice. Can I just say, finally, rejoice. Mm-hmm. Right? What, what do we do when we feel like we're at the end of our rope? What do we do? Not a trick question. It's right here in this verse. We rejoice. That's right. So again. I didn't know if you are going to say tie a knot in it. No, we tie a knot in it. But again, here's my thing, but it's but when we finally, when we finally come to the end of our rope, what do we do? Rejoice. Rejoice. Rejoice yes. Right. When, when it seems like nothing's working, what do we do? Rejoice. Rejoice. Right. When it looks bad, what do we do? Rejoice. We rejoice. And again, I know again that is so opposite of what our culture and the world and even our own soul tells us. Right. Because many times, I know for me, 
My soul tells me, stay in the bed. Suck your thumb. Right? I got it. <laughs> get cookies get cookies and milk. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's, it does um, help me. <laughs> I just had a... Um, I'm going to share a very vulnerable moment. Uh-huh. Um, but I texted Brad last week. Where is that? Oh. Anyway, he, he said to me, how are you doing today? He was gone over the weekend. And so sometimes when I fly solo and I'm also doing some church stuff on Sunday morning, it's just a lot to keep in my mind and to still be in a state to minister the worship and all of that. And um, anyway, I was... Okay, here it is. I said... Um, well, maybe not. I'm sorry. Anyway, the the biggest thing was, he says, how are you doing? And I said, well... I've got a lot of emotions going on. He said, okay, just take time, rest today and everything. And then the next day, how are you today? I said, I'm swimming and I'm drowning. Like I literally feel like I'm drowning, right? And he goes, well, you felt this way the other way. You know, he says, you felt like this the other day and it changed because you started to rejoice. And it just reminded me, it got me out of that, whatever was going on. And and I did. I was like, thank you. This this was early in the morning when I was reading the word. And I thought, okay, I'm going to make a choice. Even though I feel like I'm, it, it was six in the morning and I'm already crying. You know, like usually it takes all day, you know, after a hard day. <laughs> you get worn out. You know, yeah, I'm worn out. And it's a hard day and all the things. Well, this was 6 a.m. after two days of him being gone. And I was just like, <laughs> Now it's not, I'm just tired. It's, I feel like I'm drowning. You know, he goes, well, you felt like that the other day, but it changed because you started to rejoice. And so I was like, oh, you're right. And that heaviness just kind of lifted off of me. And I started to rejoice and read the word and all of that. But that's probably not been my first response for, you know, for all these years. So I feel like as a new muscle that I'm having to exercise, it's a big deal. Yeah. Like I have to have that reminder right now. Oh, remember, just rejoice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, when really things will spiral out of control, you know, because I'm feeling you. Yeah. My husband's got stories too. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like when we start to rejoice, it's almost like putting the brakes on yeah. of that spiraling out of control. Yeah. And, and allowing God to kind of minister to us you know mm-hmm. because we're, we're focusing and, and it really does help mm-hmm. it, it does, does help but that's the least we want yeah. that's the last thing we want to hear in the moment <laughs> yeah like how's that gonna change it does yeah it, it does it totally not just changes now but it changes the future yeah because now we're sowing and reaping versus yeah screaming and crying mm-hmm. yeah well and it's even what you said so let's even break down that word i just was thinking about it. so we you guys, I'll pick on you guys a little bit if you'll let me. So you were moving out of your last place, mm-hmm. and beautiful Miss Lydia decided to help y'all paint. <laughs> right? After the house was sold. <laughs> you know, and so, so you had to re-paint. Mm-hmm. Right? Why did you have to repaint? Because you had painted once, mm-hmm. and you had an opportunity to do it again. Again. Right? It's re Joyce. It's 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 really we can say it like this, it's re joy. Yeah. Why do we have to because we have to do it again. Mm-hmm. Right? We have to it, it's not a one 
and guys, and I want to encourage us. What we do with walking with Jesus is not a one and done. It's not a well. Yeah, I believe that once. Now I'm all done. Or yep, I read that verse once. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, sang that song once. Mm-hmm. Yep, did that one. Yep, I did that once. Right. Or I tried that. <laughs> or I tried that once. Right. It's all. It's a rejoice. It's. Mm-hmm. It's. Take joy, and really that word means take joy again. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's good for marriages. It is. It is. We have to rejoice with each other. We have to rejoice daily. We have to take joy again. We have to take peace again. We have to take. Does that make sense? And I just want to. I just want to speak to encourage that. That that's because uh, sometimes I've run into to two extremes with myself and even with people is. Well, I don't feel like it because of the circumstance. So therefore, I'll do that when I feel like it. Right? Or the classic, well, I, I tried that. Mm-hmm. Does that make, <laughs> I tried that once, mm-hmm. did that once. Right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so, and even with what we're all saying here, the very next, we finish this verse out. So he says, finally, brothers, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the very same thing to you is not tedious, Mm -hmm. but for you it is safe. So even in that, Paul is Mm -hmm. saying, apparently he had written what he just said to them before. Before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe we don't have that letter, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? You know, Paul wrote other letters we don't have Mm -hmm. because they weren't scripture, they were just letters. But apparently somewhere in Paul's communication with the Philippians, he was saying, now remember, mm-hmm. remember like I told you before, mm-hmm. rejoice. Mm-hmm. Right? And for me to tell you to do that again, that's not tedious. And even that word, I love that they use the word tedious. Because mm-hmm. tedious, is, is tedious normally a positive or negative connotation? Negative. negative. Normally it's a negative. Something is tedious. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, mm. it's tedious. <laughs> right? And so Paul uses the word and he says, hey, listen. For me to tell you this again is not aggravating. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean anyone's failed. Right. It doesn't mean anything that you're wrong. It, do, it just means this is what we do. Mm-hmm. We rejoice again. Yeah, we have to remind each other. We have to remind each other, right? We have to remind ourselves, Yeah. right? We have to, and I'm going to go ahead just for time's sake, and we'll jump ahead and look and just, just to feel that. So in, in our household, we'll sit down with each other. And, we, and again, we go through challenging situations like all of us do, right? But we'll look at each other and, and I'll look in, in, and I'll pick on Selena and she'll come and, she'll, <laughs> and she's crying and slinging snot and doing all this kind of stuff. I do the same thing. It just looks very manly. But we'll look at each other and she'll say what she's saying and I'll listen and we've learned to do that. And it's good to listen to each other. It's good to be able acknowledge. to acknowledge and express. I, we were talking to Katie uh, before everyone arrived. You know, part of healing, the, there's a verse in James that says, confess your faults one to another mm-hmm. that you may be healed, mm-hmm. right? And, and some of that is the whole, if I have done, again, if I've done something wrong mm-hmm. against Nick, I've lied to him, I've swindled him, I've done something, I've, I've broken trust, it's right for me to go and confess as, hey man, I'm so, I did this, this was wrong, please forgive me. That's a part of confession. 
But also part of that phrase of confession is, man, this is just what's going on. Mm-hmm. Here's a weak point in my day. Here's a weak point in my life. You know, I'm struggling with this, or man, I've been really fighting against this, and and it may and it may not even again be something quote unquote sinful. sinful. It just may be something, mm-hmm. right? But that part of you express it is part of the healing process, right? You get it out, and it heals us. That confession to one another mm-hmm. heals us when we tell somebody, man, this is I've been been walking this out i've been wrestling with this again and even if it's a positive man i've been wanting to be better at i mean i'll pick on nick nick i, I owe you some pictures of me doing push-ups right and oh. so because i said hey nick hey man keep me accountable i want to do push-ups right so nick hey you done your push-ups i want to see pictures right and so <laughs> and so that's a confessing that's a hey let's just this is what's going on does that does that help and that's part of the healing process of sharing life with each other and doing that. And so I want to say that, but when we come to things many times, especially if it's anything negative, we've learned to look each other, anything challenging, maybe a better way to say that. Because mm-hmm. it may not be even, some things are challenging but not negative, mm-hmm. right? And you'll look and go, okay, I hear you. And we always say, what do we always say next? Now what? Now what are you going to do? And? Right, and so okay, we've heard, oh. we've conf- we've confessed. Here we go. I've I've, I've told you what's going on. Mm-hmm. I've communicated with somebody. This is what's happening. I've expressed my soul, and it's okay. And we should expect. Okay, great. And now, what you're going to do? Yeah. So okay, this is what's happened. This yeah. is what's gone on. Right now, what are you going to do? Right, because listen, there's there's a lot of people that they get stuck in like a feedback loop. For sure. Tell their story. Tell their story. Tell their story. This is what's going on. This is all what's happened. Happened. Da 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 da. And there's no okay. So now, what are you going to do? <laughs> and there's and a if, choice there. And yeah. there's a choice. Well, and, and we're going to get to that. And if there's no exit, then you like Selena said. Then all of a sudden. Oh, well, Amanda's here tonight. Let me go tell her because I hadn't told her yet. And I go, da, 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 and I go around my circle again. And if Amanda doesn't love me enough to look at me and go, okay, Brad, I'm listening. And now what you going to do? Okay. You, that, okay, great. That's what's going on. That's the situation. That's the circumstance. Now what you going to do? Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Then we will stay on this cycle. Again, it's okay to be in a cycle. It's okay to be wherever we are. Again, in our culture, what is that famous? There's songs about, it's okay to not not be be okay. okay. Right? Anybody (laughs) heard those songs before? And I would agree with that. It's okay to not be okay. Right now. Right now. (laughs) And, and, but it's okay to not be okay. And to say, now, what am I going to do? Yes. Right. So now what am I going to do? Now what's the next thing? And so here in Paul, and and we're going to jump ahead, and we may come back on Sunday or another time and read some of this up. But Paul in the next several verses, well, let me just go there. I'm sorry. Let's go. First two. Paul says, now beware of dogs. (laughs) He's not talking about literal dogs, right? Beware of evil workers, right? Beware of the mutilation. Now, to be clear, what Paul 
defines as dogs, what Paul is defining as evil workers, and what Paul is defining as mutilation is people who were coming into the churches he pastored and were trying to get people to go back under the law Mm -hmm. and have Jesus at the same time. So there was a, they were called in, in, in kind of, they were called Judaizers. So they were people who said, yes, Jesus came, Jesus died for us, but, and their big thing was, but you still need to be circumcised. So it's Jesus plus circumcision. That is what's really going to make sure you're good with God. Right? And th- Paul says, those people are dogs. They're evil workers. They're basically mutilators, right? To the Galatians, he went a little further with the Galatians. He says, well, man, if you want to take an inch, go ahead and take the whole thing. This is literally what he says, mm-hmm. right? If, if, man, if you can snip the tip, imagine how holy you would be <laughs> if you cut the whole thing off, right? Now, that's what, I mean, that was oh, Paul who was no. saying. You know, Paul's, y'all think I'm shocker, man. Paul said some Paul's stuff that was like, whoa. And so, but listen to me, and that's something here, listen. So even when we're talking about, Paul then apparently when he talks about rejoicing, he's not talking about a work. He's not talking about, okay, you're rejoicing plus Jesus. He's, he's saying, no, 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 because of Jesus, we rejoice. And it's not your rejoicing that brought the healing or the Anything. deliverance. Jesus already did that. That's exactly right. But it got us in line in a place of faith, you know, yes. believing and thinking about yeah. it. It's our response. Back to what we said. Remember, what is faith? We've been saying it for weeks now. Faith is our positive response to everything God has already done for us. Our positive response to everything Jesus has already done. And rejoicing is simply one way you can respond. Right? So, but he keeps going on. He says, we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit. We rejoice, there it is again, in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in our flesh. Then Paul begins to kind of make a point using himself. He says, though I might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone thinks he can have confidence, it's me. Mm-hmm. And he talks about why. He says, man, I was circumcised on the right day, the eighth day. I was of the nation of Israel, the right people group. I was of the tribe of Benjamin, which, by the way, he says that because Benjamin was one of the favorites. Mm -hmm. In the history of Israel, there was Joseph and Benjamin, and they were the two favorite sons. So he says, I was had the right thing done on the right day. I'm of the right people group. I'm even of the preferred group of the people group. Right? He says, of the Hebrews, I was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Now, this is... Concerning the law, he says, man, I was a Pharisee, right? Which means I was of the upper echelon, right? Concerning zeal, man, I killed everybody. Ain't none of y'all were as zealous as I was. I literally murdered people (laughs) to show how zealous I was, right? Concerning righteousness, which was in the law, he says, I was perfect. (laughs) And that's literally what he says. He says, I actually did it all says right here, no one surpassed me. No one surpassed me. So Paul was making a point because he was saying, all my little check boxes were there. But, everybody say but. but. And you've heard me say, you got to get your butt <laughs> in, the, in right the right place. place. Right? So, but the things that were gained to me, these I counted as loss for Christ. 
Guys, go listen to me. If you have gained Christ, you have gained it all. Right. The, the analogy I, I taught on this years ago, the last time I was in Mexico, and the Lord gave me this analogy, and, I, and the people that I love tacos, like Amer- like true Mexican tacos, like the Real ones deal. we the ones we still don't get up here yet. There's yeah. still tacos down there. So so the, and the people knew that, so they knew I love tacos. So I, the Lord gave me a taco analogy, and I said this. I'll say it to you guys. So if you went to your favorite taco truck, y'all got a favorite taco truck? Anybody got a favorite taco truck? Not really. You've never taken me to a taco truck. Never taken to a taco truck. Anyway, so maybe this analogy won't work, but I hope so. (laughs) But if you go to a taco truck and you go and you stand there and they go, what kind of tacos do you want? And you say this, you go, no, I just want the salsa. No, (laughs) no tacos. Um... They're going to look at you kind of funny. Right now, you have to understand salsa on a taco is awesome, amazing, it's amazing. And they got and in Mexico, they got like dozens and dozens of varieties of sauce, and they're all amazing. And it's almost like one of those wine people, the sommelier, you can almost become a salsa sommelier where you're going to combine this salsa with this taco to bring out these flavors. Yeah. And it's, it's that kind it's of that degree, kind of degree, yeah. But what did you go to the taco truck for? A uh, taco. Tacos. If you went to the taco truck and they didn't have salsa, you might be disappointed, but okay. would you still get the taco? Yeah. Listen, that is, you have gained Christ. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so here was my analogy. God told me to tell the Mexican people, he said, Jesus is the taco. <laughs> yes. He's the real deal. Jesus is the taco. He's the taco. Right? And if you've gained Christ, you've gained it all. Right? A good marriage, a good family, a good career. A defi- that's just salsa. Yeah. But it's not the taco. Right. And I think many times... In our analogy, I've seen so many people, right? Mm-hmm. It's they, They're more in love with the salsa than they are the taco. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And, and it's not about the salsa. It's about Jesus. It's about the taco. Does, does that make sense? Amen. And I, and I want to say that because that's why Paul says to people, in tough times, we can rejoice. Why? Why can I rejoice in the middle of whatever's going on? I've been given Jesus. I have gained Christ. <clears throat> Does that make sense? I have gained him. And if I have gained him, I can go through whatever. I mean, because here, Paul was going through the Jewish laundry list. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got the American laundry list. Yeah. Right? I went to the right school. I made the good grades. I got the right scholarship. I went to the right college. I got the right career. I'm making the right money. I got the right house. I got the right this. I got the right toys. I, I got the right 401k. So, so we have our own laundry list. Yeah. And even in church. Man, I'm going to the right church. Yep. They believe the right way. Right? They... I read the right version of the Bible. <laughs> I, mean, I get we the have only real one. The only way, you know, the KJV baby. That's you know. Does that make? 
So we all have our own laundry list. And Paul says, hey, listen, listen, listen. Your list is nothing. Right. We can might say, I've got the right spouse. I've got the right kids. I've got the right this. I've got the right whatever. Mm. But Paul says, listen, you can take whatever your list is, and we all have one. And I count the things that once were gained to me as loss in comparison to Jesus. And Paul, because awesome. Paul was saying was, is, hey, listen, I give up. I give up all of my list just to gain Christ. Right? Does that make sense? You know, and we keep going. That's what gives us the ability to rejoice. He continues, he says, I count all things as loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. Now, we haven't got, I, I've, I've not done a good job yet to talk. I mean, there's a big thing throughout Paul's writings about the knowledge of Christ. If you actually go back to the prayer we looked at in chapter 1, and the prayer in chapter 1, Paul says in chapter 1, verse 9 of Philippians, he goes, and I pray this, that your love would abound more and more in knowledge and discernment. Right? I think it was Peter in one of his letters, he says, I pray that grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here, this is something that Paul says, hey, listen, I count everything for loss just to gain Christ. Yes, indeed, I count all things. So now Paul expands the list. Mm. Do y'all see that? Paul says, hey, listen, man, I definitely count my list as lost to gain Christ, but I'll tell you what, I'll take everybody's list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll put them all together, and I count all things as loss just for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. Because listen, the greatest thing as we as we live in life and going through is continually, Lord, I want to know you more. Right? Not because he's hiding. I want to make sure that's clear. Not because God is being mystic and mystical right, yeah. and hiding himself. But it's because y'all heard me say for months, we've been talking about a gap. That's what I mean by the gap. The gap is... I want to know more of who you are in every area of my life. I want to know you more here mm-hmm. as, as you fit in this area. Now I want to take my list and go, Lord, I want to, I want to be a good husband, but I want to know you mm-hmm. in being in, in that husband. Does, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And there, and we can close that knowledge gap of knowing. And again, it's not a head knowledge of, no it's more about him. It's a, I want to know who you are. Right? Does that make sense? Uh, enough to where, again, like we might know somebody here in this earth. Right? We might know somebody here. I mean, I know my wife knows me quite well. And there's, I know there's times people try to talk bad sometimes about me. Yeah. And and I've seen her. One, I've seen her clean people's greens. And, and it's, it's, it's always humorous. But it's... Um, but I've also seen her where she goes, no, that's not him. Does that, there, 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 I hear you, there's a misunderstanding, but that's not him. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. 
And that's that to know him so well that we know him. Right? Yeah. So let, let's keep going just for the for the time we have here. So <laughs> he goes on, talks about it. My count all things is rubbish, and that word rubbish again. I'm glad I'm not the I'm not the only swearing preacher because Paul <laughs> in the Greek language, the word rubbish here is literally the word S H I T in Greek. Yes. <laughs> so Paul swore. So, I'm in, the so anyway, in the Greek, it actually means Paul says, "I count them all as rubbish," and he said a, a nice dirty word. That's right. That I might gain Christ and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is by the law or by my own works, but that righteousness that is through faith in Jesus Christ, that righteousness which is from God by faith. That I may know him. You hear Paul repeating this. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I can attain to the resurrection from the dead. Do you hear Paul's whole focus here? Man, everything, I just want him. I want Jesus. Not just, yes, I want his presence in my life, but I want to know him. Does that make sense? I really want to get to the place where I know Christ. I know his thoughts. I know his ways. I know who, who he is. I know what he would do. Just again, like I would, so I could hang out more with Carl. Carl and I get to know, and we could know each other. Right? And we would know, yeah, Carl needs a hammer now. Why? Well, he didn't ask one yet. I can see it on his face. He needs a hammer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. <laughs> you know that, that you want to know people, right? Now he goes on in verse 12. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected. And so Paul here again, I want to address this very clear. Paul here was talking about process. Listen, I want to make sure this is, and I'll, we are good for every one of us to be where we are on our journey. In process. Wherever we are in the process with God, that's where we are. Wherever we are, that you are, and, and I don't like the word process because we're not a product. Right. <laughs> Does that make sense? You know, I'm not a widget on God's assembly line, and right. He's just trying to crank out another one, right? But I am on a journey with Him of attaining more of this, and even to the point where Paul says, I think to the Ephesians church, Paul says this. He says, "Hey, listen, for the ages to come." God's going to keep showing us who he is. He says he'll show us the manifold aspects of his grace, his person. Because for here through the rest of eternity, it's going to literally take eternity for us to continually know God and we'll still never fully know him. Now that's, for us, for me, that's kind of like mind-blowing. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So please know here, like Paul said... I'm on a process. I'm on a journey. Not I haven't attained this yet. So Paul's not saying, hey, I'm not I'm not up here telling you I got it all mm-hmm. nailed down and sussed out. He says, nor am I perfect. And again, that word perfect doesn't mean perfect in behavior. It means mature. So even here Paul's saying, hey, I'm not even saying I'm mature <laughs> yet. I'm I'm still growing. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think we can take a look. That's that's Paul. Yeah. The man that wrote most of the New Testament. And he said, hey, listen, I'm still on a journey. Right? I'm still, so it's okay to be on a journey. But, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody say butt. But. Remember, you got to put your butt in the, the right, right place. place. Right? So it's okay to be on the journey, but Paul says, I press forward. I press on that I may lay hold of all that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brothers, I do not count myself to have apprehended. Now notice this next phrase, and this is where I want to get to. But this one thing I do. How many things? One. One. So Paul was able to take his whole walk with God and boil it down, <laughs> boil it down to one thing, right? Now this is, so I know all of us have heard and, and I'm, I'm, I'm picking, but I'm not trying to be mean. So everybody don't throw rocks at me or anything. So we all heard of 12-step programs, right? Mm-hmm. Heard of, and, and they're great. They're, 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 they're AA, NA. I go to Krispy Kreme A, KKA, you know, all that kind of stuff. I've got the DA, Donuts Anonymous, that's me. And so, does that make sense? So all that's this. What DA means. <laughs> do I now? That's what DA means. DA means, yeah, DA means, yeah. It's not district attorney, it's Donuts Anonymous. And so, does, does that make sense? So Paul says, I got one step. When I go through my life, and again, he's in this spot. When I'm in this process of rejoicing. Right when I when I'm rejoicing one more time, right when when I'm again being attacked and assailed or things are going whatever they're going, I, I, all my lists, all of my dreams, goals, aspirations, man, compared to Jesus, they're nothing. Right, but this one thing I do, he says this. He says, I forget that which is behind. And I press forward, I reach forward, right, to the things that are ahead. One, the, the KJV says, I, I forget what is behind and I reach forward to the constant, continual, upward call of God. See, God's call, and, and, and that calling of God can include your physical like you know again god's called us to be a pastor i do think there's an upwardness to what god wants us to do as pastors or whatever he calls but it's not just that uh-huh go ahead what you got? This, uh-huh. this is the passion translation i don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this however i do have one compelling focus i forget all of the past as i fasten my heart to the future instead i love that mm-hmm. you that to be passion okay yeah, that's awesome. That's good. You're gonna see that on Facebook in a little while, <laughs> right? But that's yeah. but that's awesome. Listen, I forget the past. Yeah. I forget the past. The one thing. How? Remember we talked about that cycle again. Paul had this thing of okay, here's our cycle. Here's whatever's going on, but there has to come a point where I stop and I go, okay, I forget what is behind me, right? So that I can lay hold of the future. And guys, that's all across the board. That's he, any. I know you probably mostly hear preachers and pastors talk about this. If you come from some kind of again, an addict background or sinful background, or well, I forget the sins of, and you do. We forget the sins of the past, absolutely. But I also, I forget the victories of the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you keep comparing. Yes. Like. 
Well, my church in Canada was bigger than my church in Alabama. Or my whatever over here was, and we all can do that. Well, my last job, they paid me more money or I had better insurance or I had more opportunity. Does that make sense? Whatever, that can be on anything. He just literally said, this one thing I do, I don't live in the past. Right? Why? Because if I live in the past, I can't reach forward to the future. I will stay in the past. Does that make sense? I'll get stuck in the past. Right, this one thing. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's unwise. But listen, guys, listen, all of us, we all have ups and downs, right? We, our life is, is the proverbial peaks and valleys. I, I jokingly say, hopefully we all look like the stock market. You ever looked at like a, you ever look at like a, a long track of the stock market? You know, stock market's been around like a couple of hundred years now. And if you look over the whole history of the stock market from its beginning, it's it's a whole bunch of this constantly going up and i think that is that's the life of the believer Mm -hmm. i think many times we as preachers sometimes i don't think we help people we say well you know you just need to have this constant solid line that that only goes up that would imply that we're perfect exactly that would you know what happens if i have a dip right well no we're like the stock market we're going to have in life peaks and valleys. We're going to have ups. We're going to have downs. Good days, bad days. Sometimes, well, I'd say probably most of the time they're of our creation <laughs> on both ends. My good days, I made them because I chose to have a good day. My bad day was a bad day because I chose to have a bad attitude and have a bad day. But there's many times in life it's out of my control, right? Who is it? It's not Ed McMahon now. Who is it? It's the, it's the black fella. It's Steve Harvey shows up with your publisher's clearinghouse <laughs> check. Well, heck, I had no control over that. Woohoo, that's a great day. Right? Or something bad happens that somebody else did to me. Well, I had no control over that. They did that to me, made it a bad day. We all have good days and bad days. We all have ups and downs. Right? But the life of the believer is constantly going on this upward journey with God, constantly rejoicing constantly coming back again, constantly doing what Paul said. And how do we, this one thing I do. Just keep looking to the future. One, I keep looking. Lord, what in here, Lord, what have you said about me? What, what have you said about what it, what it means to be a follower of you? What have you said? And, and okay, whatever happened, it happened. Good, bad, ugly, whatever. It's there. It's, in, it's back. Right? If I need to take a moment and turn around and look at it, take a pause fine Mm -hmm. but I'm going to turn back around and do this one thing Mm -hmm. and and does that make and I I was talking to Audra about this this week and I loved what she said you know even if that means man because I know sometimes people go well well Brad I don't I don't know what my I don't know if I'm supposed to go do xyz you know start some church or do well hey listen even if it's like I I I just want to be a better friend That's all. That's future. Right? I just want to be a better man. I just want to be a better woman. Have a positive attitude. Yeah. Yeah. I I just, I want to do better at my job, whatever my job is. Right? I just want to be, you know, I want to be a better dad. Just, I mean, I I want to, your hobby. I mean, I want to be a better fisherman. 
I want to hunt squirrels better. I, I mean, you know, all this that we can, even if we can, bought, but we keep it towards the future. Does that make sense? Right? We keep it towards the future of, okay, there is a bright future for us. Jeremiah said that. I know the plans. I know the thoughts. I know the imaginations you have about me, says the Lord. Their thoughts of good and not of evil. Mm-hmm. Their thoughts filled with a bright future and a pleasant hope. That's God's thoughts about us. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And what he's wanting us to do is how do we rejoice is we have to take those moments to turn and say, okay, I'm going to not dwell in the past. I'm going to look at the future. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. So, Lord, we love you for that tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, Lord, just, uh, yeah, just show us more about this. Open more of this up to our eyes, to our thinking and our emotions. In Jesus' name.